This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Oh, is that it? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, think, I think we're good. Yeah, I think, I think we're good. <laughs> Present Shake Them Ropes. Use code ROPES. Get 50% or up to 50% of your deposit in free play. Chris Novembrino, Jeff Hawkins. It is the third week of January. It is entering the 25th year of me being in Los Angeles. And after being in the 40s last week, it's in the 90s this week, Chris. I, I can't with this place because here, here's what it's done to me. This endless summer gimmick that Southern California kind of has, it makes you lose track of time where you think you've only been here for two years, but you've been here for 20 or upwards or even longer because there's no seasons to help you coordinate the passage of time. So you always feel like you're in, I I always call Los Angeles kind of a perpetual uh, college campus of sorts because it's nothing but young 20-somethings and people who want to be young (laughs) 20-somethings. That uh, makes sense. That makes sense. I think especially with uh, having to stay in more, not seeing actual seasons pass kind of makes time feel even more squishy. I kind of have a little bit of that here in Texas where like it snowed for exactly one day this year. <laughs> Do like, you usually that was get winter. Snow, you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of us. We had like one cold day and it's like okay back to summer everybody <laughs> yeah now we're back to temperate weather and don't get me wrong I, I like this weather you know it's it's spring like fall like weather but i like not you know a zero degree winter or whatever but like an actual season of actual cold i think it's I like, good i like some autumn i like it getting cooler and then you know maybe like a week of winter you know some some snow you know go out there get sick of it, come back inside, go, okay, I'm ready for it to get to cool, 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 and then a little bit of spring. And, you know, I, I just like seasons. Uh, I, I've been told now, what is this about a pigeon that you want to talk about? All right, look, Hawkins, fake news is a real problem that is plaguing the nation and the world really writ large these days. And I was hoping this week for a hopeful story. Honestly, I've been, I've been hoping for a long time for a hopeful story. I think America needs hope. I think the world needs hope, honestly, right now. If you really think about it, I'm talking about COVID-19 people. And so Joe the Pigeon comes across the newswire this week. I don't know if it was a Monday, perhaps a blue Monday. I don't know if it was a bit of a downer Tuesday. But I saw this story about Joe the Pigeon initially, Jeff, and a feeling that I have not felt in, in, in too long. Hope, pure hope. Uh, Tell fe- the people about Joe the Pigeon. Joe the Pigeon survived a flight across the Atlantic, apparently getting lost 
uh, from the foresty regions of Oregon, where he was part of uh, the great avian tradition of pigeon racing. Uh, apparently, he had gone all the way across the Atlantic. And then I heard, Jeff, there was a twist in this story. The Australian government, the cruel Australian government, was getting ready, Jeff, to euthanize poor Joe. They said he represented a biohazard, uh, that Joe could not be trusted, that we were going to have to put Joe down. And I was deflated. I was broken. I was angry at Australia. And I was hurt for all of us because we needed Joe. And then there was another twist. Joe's life was spared. And that, this part of the story could be good, Jeff. But it's not. Because it turns out Joe is faking it. He's, a, he's an imposter, Jeff. This is a case of stolen valor. Joe did not fly across <laughs> the Atlantic. Joe's apparently just some run-of-the-mill Australian pigeon. So when the world needed a hero, instead we get Joe the pigeon, a fake, a phony. A sham, a mockery. Now, hold on. The article you sent me said that he may have caught a ride on like a tanker that went across the ocean. But well, they okay, said they so said the racing they tag was fake, though. That that oh, okay. the his origin his origin from Oregon story is, is a hoax. And and why did they call the pigeon Joe? I mean, why not? Oh, you didn't read that part of the story. No, okay. I didn't. Okay, no, they they named the pigeon after Joe Biden. Wow. So they so they named an animal that didn't know where it was after Joe Biden. <laughs> caught a big was, wave. He caught a big uh, wave and he got to where he wanted to go. Uh, okay, Perhaps. maybe it dis maybe it discombobulated, doesn't know where he is. You know. <laughs> I, I didn't believe you didn't read that part of the story that you sent I me to need, read I, so that I, I could set you well, up. You said yeah, you asked for a primer on Joe, and I like pulled it up I from the internet. The story. That's not like, that's not where I was getting my Joe news. I just googled that Joe story for you quickly, and I was like, here it is. You, you go and read that copy. I didn't. No, I have, to, I have to check every piece of copy I send to you, Jeff. I have to read all the details. That you don't know this stuff. Hold on, you said it to me like everybody knew this Joe the pigeon story like it was they the were biggest putting thing it all over America. twitter jeff the, the oh, well. twitter jack twitter jack was once again up to his antics pushing his narratives his fake pigeon narratives <laughs> lying to america and the oh, world so, yeah so twitter's talking about so all of america is oh uh, that's anyways. how the twitter trends work buddy <laughs> i you look that up in the book We've had a fight, and it's only five minutes in. I uh, want to thank everybody for listening to this week's Between the Sheets, which I was on with Zellner and Bix. Also, uh, I was on Andrew Rich's Music of the Mat, episode 100, talking about the themes of Sting. Happy he had me on. Probably won't have me back for another year or so, because it's just like, you know, me on that show, I, I don't know what it is. I'm just, I'm all sorts of tangents and things of that nature, and Andrew, Andrew's just Mr. Serious. Sitting there with his dad jokes, waiting to get in. And I, love I can never I tell think. if he's happy or displeased with my performances. <laughs> you really, it, it really is like a father. Yeah, you always have. You've done the show a few times. You always ask Andrew, "Hey, how'd I do?" Right? Yeah. No, I, I get done, I, and I'm really unsure if I did a good job or if I didn't give him what he was looking for in the final product. All right, some of the news. I'm going to start with this because I got a bit of a rant in me. Uh, Drew McIntyre taking off of Raw due to COVID. 
replaced by Triple H on Raw. I was thankfully spared from Raw because my DVR did not record it, and I did not seek it out after reading the results. So I'm a much happier wrestling fan this week. But here is my rant, Chris. Um, my personal position versus what I'm willing to accept for the public is are a little different. I have I've been pretty much locked up since late February going out a few times for people to load groceries into my car, not going into buildings, wearing a mask everywhere I go, if I go out, but it's only been like three or four times, mostly having my groceries delivered to me. I took this seriously. I can handle being locked down for long periods of time because I'm a semi-shut-in. Now, what I'm willing to give for everybody else was I didn't necessarily want everything locked tight but I'm also not the guy who's going to scream and yell at you if you don't have a mask because I understand people sometimes forget. But I'm, I was willing to, in moderation, have reduced numbers of people going about their lives as long as they took precautions, as long as they had the masks on. Now, there's a problem in wrestling. And it's, most, and it's not just in wrestling per se. And I say per se a lot. I've been noticing a lot lately, so I'm trying to stop that and I apologize. But... The wrestling community is very, for lack of a better term, incestuous. And they love having house parties with each other. And they love having dinners and large gatherings at people's houses in the general vicinity of Florida. All over the state, but usually in the Orlando areas where a lot of them live. And some of these people are not taking it seriously. And it's a concern for the companies. It's a concern for Triple H. He said it as such. But... The Ricochet one, I'm sure that's on your mind. I I just, I want to slide this in. That one to me is really egregious considering the timing of this guy. He's going into a big contract negotiation. This picture comes out this week that makes him look like he's Johnny, I'm not cool about COVID safety guy. There's a lot of that going around. There's a lot of uh, some of the more uh, socially, social media type of people are putting a lot of pictures of them going up and having dinners and going out like nothing's happening. I'm mad at Casey Catanzaro because she posted, she had a birthday, I believe, last night. And post, there's 30, 35 people at this restaurant. None of them are wearing masks. All of them are sitting very close together. Having a birthday party like there ain't nothing wrong. Now, I get mad because it, it's, you read this over and over. I see, you know, 12 people going to Disney World with masks on. It's like that. This is the point. You're wearing a mask, yes. You're being safe, yes. But I just this thing the ain't mask. Over. It, the, the whole thing with the mask, like you know, pulling it out from the social stuff. The whole point about the mask and the reason you're wearing the mask is sort of a recognition that right now, when you're out in public, it is a suboptimal situation. So you're trying to take maximal protection. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not like it, the the idea of the mask is not. That, especially if you don't have, like, an N95 mask. The idea of a mask is not that you're magically safe. This is not a totem that will keep you safe from COVID. This is just the best you can do in a suboptimal condition. So, yeah, no, it's really frustrating. Because I have to go out or I have to do something. Look, the businesses are open because they have to be open in some capacity to live, mostly. it's, it's It's not so that you can live your life as normal. It's so that they can maintain some kind of revenue stream and you can you can you can shop you can do all those things but it's not it's a modest amount of risk mitigation yes yeah yes 
And it, it, it just, it drove me nuts when I saw this because I've seen pictures of these house parties and New Year's parties and holiday parties where wrestlers, like, you can have a dinner for four and be safe and do that outside. I don't, I'm not going to yell at you for that, but I'm seeing these large gatherings. I'm seeing them bar hopping every night as some are wont to do being in their twenties and thirties and single and good looking and all that other stuff. And I just, I'm like, I, you remember when we heard that rest, when, when the wrestling companies were going to put on shows, how angry we were. Yeah. 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 And, and now they're is, gonna, yeah, I get where you're going and, with this. I think. And now, now it's like, okay, they've done some preliminary precautions for their employees, but once the employees are off the clock, it's it's like normal life again, and it's it, it just it's some of these people not, are behaving like bad neighbors at this yeah. point. Like, like you know that that's the thing is it's like when you see Ricochet or Casey Catanzaro, I think Caden Carter's in that same photo too. Like when you see all these people sitting around, mass off eating dinner in a restaurant inside inside. Yes. Inside, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, there's any number of things that you know make your head spin here, uh, or make, make your head reel. Um, you know. And I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy that that you know wanted. You know, wanted. I don't get joy in screaming at people like you're being an idiot about this. I just want people to not be stupid about it. Yeah, I, I want. Yeah. yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I don't want to have a fight I, I, about it. I just want the behavior to stop. I want the happy medium. Is what I want. I, I don't. I don't want to force every business to say we're closed so that you don't act like an idiot. But I also don't want everybody going, well, things are open. I guess I can live life as normal right now. I, I it's, it's, this is, this has always been the real there. challenge, right? Like I, it, it's, and the happy medium on that sense. Cause I, I, I basically want that too. I, I sort of think that we are not mature enough to achieve the happy medium, which is a real problem. Because to your point, then you then you get into something that is kind of, in, in one way, draconian. I was going to use draconian the other way of, like, just let people do whatever they want. But draconian is not the right word there. But, like, it's equally extreme in either direction. If you're shutting down the businesses, um, even if you give them bailouts, it's probably still not, like, the best model. And, and if people could just go around and they don't need to wear masks at all and can just run willy-nilly through these businesses, what we know now about... COVID-19 transmission rates, even asymptomatic transmission, like that is a recipe for disaster. Um, and it, it's no accident that like, I don't think this strategy is working. Right. Yeah. You know? so I think the term you might've been looking for. I think the term you might've been looking for is libertinism just in, yeah. in, a, in a different it's way. Like a libertine. Yeah. Draconian versus libertine. Yeah. And I don't want either. I don't want the, my freedoms, my freedoms, my freedoms. I should be able to do what I want. Blah, 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 blah. blah. But I also don't want, we gotta, we gotta shut everything down because you know, like, and, well, you and shouldn't make it have to town. do that, right? Like, people should be, I, I guess, to this point, people should be smart enough, or ideally, people would be mature enough about masks and getting that you got to wear a mask in order for this business to stay open and be able to operate safely without being a vector of transmission of COVID nineteen. If you're someone who wants the business open, and that's an important thing for you, um, even philosophically speaking, um then you've got to be able to do steps that help that business stay open. And, and like, I just, you know, what, 10 months into this? Uh, well, we're let me just... jump on that. Let me, let me jump on that before you move on from yeah. that, because that's, that's the angle here that I think we should be taking when it comes to COVID and wrestling, not just 
that if you want to keep the wrestling business open, if you as a wrestler do not take the fact that you have a responsibility to be on television doing the wrestling and you want to make all this money and you want to be a wrestling star, then you need to, you need to be a little bit smarter about this and stay away from people because, until this is done. I get it. I, I get the ones who are doing it and, and who have turned their garages into gyms and some of them are working out with friends. I don't mind that so much necessarily. It's the social app. This is a, again, this is show Oh, no, business. I encourage bubbling. If people want to create a social bubble where it's like you, you and the same four or five people are basically the people who hang out together all the time, like that's your bubble. Um, but I think they're trying fun. to do that on a much. I think they're trying to do that on a much larger scale. Yeah, yeah no, like no, 20, but, but like twenty five wrestlers all. But hanging quote out unquote, with having a bubble one does not involve twenty five people, and two does not involve going out to restaurants and eating. Like it does yes. not involve dining in public. That is, not, you know, um. No, I, I I think that's part of it too. No, so I I'm fine with with some of that. Uh, like you know, people have to strike some balance. But getting back to the wrestling thing, I do think you have an obligation. If or obligation, I don't want to be like you owe this business or anything like that. I I just think no, like no, if I'm an employee, I, I'm not gonna get. I'm not that guy. Um, but I do think that if you're gonna get given a 12 week angle, you have a responsibility once yes. given that privilege of a 12 week angle to be sure that you're there to execute that 12 week angle. And when you go out and dine at a restaurant, I view that as dereliction of your employer and like. I'm someone who's pretty pro-union and pro-worker on all this stuff, but I, I definitely am very sympathetic to the idea that if a company's going to give you a big, high-profile slot, uh, you got to you know, take care of it. Now, in the case of Drew McIntyre, it's WWE, the company, who probably put Drew McIntyre in a suboptimal situation. Um, but, yeah, with, with some of these uh, you know, other talents, uh, for example, like the Casey Catanzaro, Ricochet, Caden Carter bubble, like, yikes. Um, some of these people are you know, putting themselves into harm's way unnecessarily. Fightful has learned that internally the plan is for WrestleMania to occur on April 11th, 2021, two weeks after the original date of March 27th. Uh, obviously, the event will not be taking place in Los Angeles as planned. But if the date holds up, it won't be taking place at either Tropicana Field or the Amway Center either, as those are going to both be in use. I'm thinking they're going to use the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Stadium, much like they're supposed to do this year. Uh, but uh, I think they're I think they're going to do a partial capacity type show, Chris. I uh, okay. I I wouldn't okay. pay money for it. <laughs> I wouldn't go. One of one of our favorite things to follow is the Vince McMahon XFL stuff. And uh, Vince McMahon filed a countersuit against former commissioner Oliver Luck, seeking $572,792.10 after Luck had sued McMahon for an amount in excess of $23.8 million. McMahon filed the suit on, on January 7th, claiming that Luck abandoned his job as commissioner as soon as the pandemic hit, and that he didn't listen to McMahon's directives when he signed Antonio Callaway, a wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Vipers, who never ended up playing in the league. Now, I really he, felt like the, that broke the league's back, if you're asking me. Well, here's the Cliff Notes version. Is Callaway, I believe, violated that... Uh, that policy that McMahon wanted about not having arrests and things of that nature. 
there's a dispute as to whether or not that policy exists. And that's also a part of this lawsuit. Uh, I just like McMahon really caring about moral fortitude. Luck cared about the, the, uh, the level of play in the league. And he goes, these guys are terrible. We need other wide receivers. So they brought in Callaway, much to the consternation of Vince McMahon, who, who's texting him, what are you going to do about this? You have no chance. He, you know, tweeting. He literally tweeted, you have no chance in hell of this. Like he's, and he tweets like he's a 13-year-old girl. But nevertheless, what happens is they bring in this Callaway guy to work out, and they go, we can't keep him. Okay, but, you know, we're just kind of, uh, we're kind of working you know, ESPN and stuff like that. We'll keep him around, but we'll, we'll get rid of him after this tryout camp. Well, Callaway gets hurt at the tryout camp. So the XFL is on the hook for the money for his medical expenses. And that's what Vince McMahon is mad about. This is not a great position <laughs> for Vince. I, but no, I think it's a, a, I think it's actually a good position. If, if, if this edict was true about, if it was a known company policy about bringing in low character types, I think Vince McMahon wins this lawsuit. I, I do. It's it's one of those things where, uh, you know, if he violated something in his employment clause, uh, in his employment contract, that would be something. Okay. <laughs> no, no further I, comments. I, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not a big football guy. I'm tr- I'm like trying to think it out. Uh, I don't know. I just I have a hard time really thinking that Vince cares about morals. Vince is not yeah. a morals guy. So like that I, I that's the part where I'm really I'm dubious about this idea that there was a moral fortitude clause. It was more counter counterbalancing the NFL thing where they just you know the the Well Colin they let Kaepernick Michael Vick stuff. back in and oh, oh yeah Colin that Kaepernick. kind of stuff exactly that kind of thing we're not gonna let those kinds of people back in which is a problematic view in its own right well Colin Kaepernick you know, also, didn't go to jail right no 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 but but it was also just the number of arrests people getting arrested at nightclubs all those other things it, it's basically he wanted to put himself as you know the, the, that phony clean cut all American boys playing football type thing. And it's just, it, it was, it, you're, you're right. He doesn't care, but it was, but for marketing purposes, it was just that thin veneer of. It's BS. a silly marketing thing too. I, I exactly. guess it has, it has a, a certain appeal to one part of the political stripe. But when like, I mean like, let's think about this too, a little bit further then, right? You're the alternative football product. You need every eye on the product you can get. So do you really want to be stepping into the culture war? Especially right. when you need to get the best talent you can get, and you probably need to accept, you know, uh, uh, some B stock, if you will. Yeah, but you see, but that was the whole thing is they didn't want to step into the culture world. You'll never hear about our players, you know, talking about this, that, and the other, or getting into trouble or anything like that. We're not going to hit you over the head with. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Know, but by doing that, that is a culture war statement. Yes, yes, it, it, it works against him, which is a problem. Uh, and hurts the product. Yes. WWE has officially announced Superstar Spectacle, a two-hour television special featuring WWE's Indian talent alongside top stars from Raw and SmackDown. I have my doubt about the top stars part. Push gender! Push gender! Push (laughs) gender! The event will premiere on Sony 10.1, Sony 10.3, and Sony Max on January 26 at 8 p.m. 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It will emanate from the WWE Thunderdome and have commentary in both English and Hindi. 
So they're going for this NXT India thing, I think, too. Hey, look, um, the because I, I sometimes stream online or whatever, I actually do see the presentation from India, and as best I can tell on Indian television, it's not like that much of a mystery because a decent chunk of it's in English. WWE gets treated as pretty serious product over there, gets pretty decent visibility, and the market in India is over a billion people. If WWE gets popular over there, and it's not, you know, entirely impossible that they couldn't have a surge of popularity over there. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily going to be a big America wrestling boom anytime soon. But, you know, maybe WWE does establish themselves a nice little foothold in India. Uh, if it was something, uh, you know, half as big as America, they'd be happy with that. Young Rock will premiere on NBC on February 16th. Focuses on a different chat on different chapters of Dwayne Johnson's life, from growing up in a strong and resilient family to being surrounded by the wild characters of his professional wrestling family, to playing football at the University of Miami. The show will explore the crazy roller coaster that he <laughs> shaped Dwayne, emphasis mine, I apologize, into the man he is today and the larger than life characters he's met along the way. A hard pass for me, but I'm not going to fault it. You know, he's making money off of this. Great. I, I just, any, any <laughs> other than Muppet babies. I want young, nothing. I, I don't want. I oh, don't wow. Want we got a Sheldon. tiny tunes hater here. Wow. Oh, uh, I didn't like tiny tunes as much as Animaniacs. So Animaniacs it, it, is good. Yeah. Yeah, Muppet babies was great because it wasn't just, I, I don't know. I, I, I I'll, I'll have to watch an episode or two. Just to see if it's standard family sitcom dreck, or if it's actually something trying to say something. I can, I, look. I'm I'm not the guy who wants to watch a sitcom and go, and it sends a powerful message to. It's like no, I just want to laugh at dumb crap. So, you know, it could be funny. It could it could subvert my expectations in some way. I I just I just think it's gonna be. You know, I, I could I could see NBC going a throwback to when family sitcoms were blah blah blah. I'm just like, well, that's not it's not my jam, but if it's your jam, great. Yeah, I don't have deep thoughts about Young Rock. <laughs> you, know, you don't. Come no. on. Sorry, <laughs> would be the I, worst. I, <laughs> I, 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 if you had given me all day to prepare hot takes for Young Rock, I still wouldn't have hot takes for Young Rock. How about how about Young Slapjack? Would, would Young be, Slapjack would be a great show. So, like, think about this, Jeff. <laughs> you could talk about when young Mr. Jack gets his first mask from Papa mask. Jack. <laughs> Wait, what's the name of his dad? Papa Jack. Papa Jack, okay. Papa Jack, yeah. You know? Maybe Hungry Jack? Yeah, Hungry Jack, yeah. Hungry Jack? Yeah, sure, why not? Uh, he has pancakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Applejack, yeah. His uncle, yeah. Yeah, who lives in the country. He's a farmer. Yeah, yeah no, uh, I mean, th that'd be great. Lots of <laughs> different their, characters. Their uncle, the sailor, Captain Jack, and Billy Joel plays every time he walks in. Oh, Jeff, you're getting weird. Um, Yeah, okay. Or, you know, Young hey. Hulk. Where we can, <laughs> we can explore the early terrible person that Hulk Hogan would become. <laughs> this is when Hulk said his first racial epithet. Yeah, his, his, his first experiences with diversity yes. in America. Oh, either you love that joke or you hated it. I understand both kids. Uh, Wednesday Night Wars, AEW 762,000, ranking 30th. 
because of all the news coverage. NXT, 551,000, ranking 70th on the night. Not a good night for either show, but when things happen in the news, everybody watches the news. So I, I guess there's an excuse for it. Yeah, I mean, also, I, probably a broader commentary about the professional wrestling-like nature of uh, news in America, especially when it comes to politics these days. And finally, they announced uh, the first four teams that are going to be taking part in the women's version of the Dusty Rhodes Classic. The aforementioned Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter will be taking on Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez. Oh, murder death. Although, I'll talk a little bit about that in a sec. Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon will be taking on Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, who have also been announced. I expect four other teams of some sort to be announced in there. Uh, you know, possibly somebody from the main roster, like the Riot Squad, I could see coming down there. Uh, who do you have win this tournament? Do you have somebody like a Catanzaro and Carter to establish an actual tag team in there and then maybe have them take on the women's tag team champions? Or do you have you know, two big single stars like Storm and Martinez just kill fools like like Mar- like uh, Carter and, and Catanzaro. I feel like this tournament is a vehicle to build Catanzaro and Carter on some level, so I think they pull an upset on Storm and Martinez in the first round. I don't know that they win. They feel like finalists, but not the ultimate winners, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, especially if you, if you, I don't know if they've determined this, but if you give them a WWE women's tag team title shot, it's going to be somebody on a higher level. And I think, I think that's probably going to be Shotzi and Ember. I, I think they may win that just for that reason. And then I wonder if Ember is going to turn on Shotzi. Maybe eventually, I think. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn Ember so soon after turning Tony, but. What do I know? I don't book this stuff. I, I expect maybe Io Shirai finds a partner and finds her way in this. I want, look, Bailey's on social media trying to get into this tournament. I, I'd love to see it. Personally, she picks somebody from the performance center and goes on a team with them and loses in the first round and gets mad at them or, or she, she causes the loss. I'd be down for, for that kind of surprise too. Look, I love tag team wrestling. I love women's tag team wrestling. I'm looking forward to this. And I love this Storm and Martinez team because they work so well together as singles competitors. I'm, you I'm know, it's interesting, too. It's like WWE does have a different format for these tournament tag team style matches. And I find that style to be pretty enjoyable, generally. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the actual wrestling, uh, thank our sponsors, my bookie. For a sports book that's supposed to be in the business of making money, they were giving it away this winter. That's one of the reasons why I've been rolling with my bookie this season. The fact is, you're going to put some action on the games, whether you're betting the NFL, NCAA, college ball, or college hoops. Whatever your preference, you want to do it with a reputable brand like my bookie. Make your deposit using the promo code ROPES, R-O-P-E-S, and they'll match you halfway to give you a head start on building your bankroll. I myself, this past weekend, put on a $100 parlay on on the four or on the six playoff games and i lost all six on the money line which i just could not believe that but hey put in 200 bucks get an extra hundred to play with joining and depositing is a simple process and it's quick but most importantly when it's time to get paid that's quick too i wouldn't know i lost but hey i got 50 on the chiefs to win the super bowl the free play part treat yourself to some extra cash in your pocket this holiday by investing in your intuition 
It's not just winter season, it's winning season. So bet, win, and get paid with my bookie. By the way, if you want to put a few ducats down on the Royal Rumble, you can. I saw the odds there. I came very close to picking my two picks for the Rumble originally, which were Sheamus and Bailey, but I think those might have changed given some of the booking going around. But we'll see. But once again, use code ROPES at my bookie. Get up to half of your deposit in there and free play. We thank them for sponsoring us and other shows here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. All right, let's get the main roster out of the way. I didn't watch Raw, as I said, but I know Alexa Bliss shot a fireball into Randy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the, that main event, man, that main event was was really, really something. Uh, it, not in any sort of good way. It was just, it was really something. Triple Raw H. Top to bottom just seemed bad. I've read all the results. It, it's like no, it, Matt it Riddle, good. Bobby, the Bobby Lashley-Matt Riddle thing is confounding in so many ways because those two could just beat the hell out of each other and be awesome, but they make it weird. You know, uh, uh, Triple H coming back to, you know, to basically, basically take one for the team <laughs> against Randy. And it just, it, it didn't, it didn't feel special for the couple of minutes I watched before I flipped over to Alabama and Ohio state, but <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's, uh, just up, up and down reading these results. Nothing really stood out to me as exciting. Um, what stood out to me, though, was the thinness of the roster and how a lot of booking choices were made in this show to limit personnel and to try to milk or squeeze as much juice out of the lemon with each uh, person out there. So in the case of like Seamus and Keith Lee, they defeat The Miz and John Morrison, and then they still have beef, so they have an additional match. Uh, the combined time between the two of those matches just alone is over 20 minutes. Um, but the, but essentially, you're still only using four people to get through 20 minutes of TV time. Um, so, like, I was noticing some of that. I actually, I'll say this. I liked the Keith Lee rebuild and kind mm-hmm. of blowing off the Sheamus stuff the way they did it. I thought it was necessity being the mother of invention. Like initially I was like, Oh, that's cool. But then they did something similar later on in the show with riddle and Lashley where like they had multiple matches with the same sort of people in them. Um, and I was like, Oh, okay. I see what's going on here. I see, I see the game we're playing, you know, you got, you got to make do what, especially as to go back to our earlier conversation, when you've got talent going out and not necessarily being hyper cool about COVID safety, yo, your boy T bar one. He is not my boy. Don't, well, stop hey, that. Stop that. Stop you are that. a Retribution fan, aren't you? Aren't I am you a Slapjack fan. He, I, I, I don't all of them. No. Slapjack. Not Ali? Ali's okay. He, he pretends to be the leader. <laughs> but Slapjack is the heart and soul he, of the Ghostbusters. And the actual leader. <laughs> the actual leader. Then you got, uh, what's her name? She's, she's been sandbagging. She's been, uh, you know, really in the mud here. Lately, uh, they wanted to get Ricochet in, but you know, that you know what I've seen of this guy, not so much. Guy never <laughs> wins. He's a loser. Let's talk about SmackDown because it was wasn't a bad show. I, I like SmackDown. Of it. Continues to be an easy watch. That like I'm not super emotionally invested in it, so I can't get like way too high and like yeah SmackDown, but. Every episode here for the last month, I've been like, 
this is largely good and enjoyable and or I get an interesting and fun match or fun pairings and like it seems like there's not a lot of overwriting and uh, well sometimes there is uh you know in the case of Rey Mysterio here but like you know sometimes you get things like Cesaro and Daniel Bryan and it's cool man I'll go over some things I found that I liked I will save a couple of things that did not interest me because this was a week where WWE take the things that give me joy and make me not want to like them. So I'm going to tread carefully on those, Chris. I think we know what we're talking about, but, uh, or I think you know what I'm talking about. I think we know. I think you know what I'm talking about here, but uh, let me go I hope you know what things. you're talking about. I, I rarely do, as, as women who have dated me say. Uh, <laughs> I liked that Nakamura and Cesaro are still friends. They're still heels. They're just self-interested, so they can fight whoever they want, be it babyface or heel. I kind of dug that. I kind of dug that little interesting choice. Well, they didn't quite babyface Nakamura all the way, although I thought last week they had. Uh, So, that's interesting. I read that differently. I think Cesaro's going to turn on Nakamura. Oh, I think think, he's going to eventually. No, I think think Nakamura effectively is a babyface. It's just that Cesaro's his friend still at least in Nakamura's mind, but I think Cesaro actually ends up aligning with Roman Reigns. I think Roman's making a faction. I liked the vignette with Apollo Crews and Roman in the office there because it's perfect continuity from, if you haven't watched it, you must watch Apollo Crews and Paul Heyman on Talking Smack from last week. It was fantastic. I like that Apollo's actually trying to learn to be a better heel from the main heel, and he actually took Paul Heyman's advice from talking smack and actually started to pursue it. I thought that was, that was kind of, I, I dug, I, and it was nuanced. It was kind of like, yeah, well, here's what you need to do. Da, 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 da. And then they do the skit and then they go back to kind of giving strategy. I thought that was really cool. I like what they're doing with Apollo. I, the match with Zane was interesting. It, it, it was weird. Cause Zane's a heel. And then Apollo Zane's- goes, Zane's a geek. Let, let, let's yeah. put it correctly. Uh, uh, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if a fair. baby okay, face. I, he's a punchline, so he's like te- even if he's a baby face, he'd still be a punchline. And especially now that he is <laughs> conspiracy theorist with a camera crew documenting it all, it doesn't matter what he is anymore. He's a crazy person who they ju- who will always get screwed by either side. Uh, <laughs> Obviously, they asked him to show his butt tonight just to give Vince a laugh. But yeah, he's he's a he's he's a comedy guy who's going to get beat and so that and then just get exasperated and we're all going to laugh. That that's the whole point of this. He's yeah. our truth for SmackDown is what he is right. Now. Is that an adequate? Yeah, no, no. It's, it's I, yeah, it's I I don't no. I I don't disagree with the analysis. Uh, I, I'm I think Apollo and Big E will ultimately have a good match. Uh, I th- think it's it's good for this gives Apollo something new to do. Um, and if I'm right about Cesaro ultimately ending up aligned with Roman Reigns, maybe that means like Apollo and Cesaro uh, make a tag team, and that'd be a good tag team. I think that's interesting. They beat Daniel Bryan tonight, but I also think that was a it good gives, match. It was a great match. Yeah, I I think it gives more credence though to there's going to be this mini losing streak going into Rumble if Daniel Bryan's going to win. Now, I'm not sold on he's going to win just yet, but there's, they're doing what WWE does 
to Rumble winners, which is beat them in the few weeks leading up to the Rumble so that you don't suspect that they're going to win the Rumble. So I'm thinking he might be a good bet to win it. Now for things that grinded my gears slightly, and I'm going to start with the big one. Aunt Pam has a talk show. I don't like talk shows in wrestling because it defines people down. There's never been a main eventer who's had a talk show other than maybe Piper on his ascent as the first one. But, you know, Adrian Adonis, Brutus Beefcake, Paul Bearer, Kevin Owens. It's defined Kevin Owens down somewhat. Although, well, I'll get to Kevin Owens in a bit. I think this is something she should have said no to, personally. I understand what they're trying to do to make her more entertaining. She is very entertaining on the mic. Her outfit tonight was the most Aunt Pam outfit ever, and I loved it. It was, it was classy. somewhere between Velma was, and Harry Potter, and I thought that was hilarious. There was that, you know, very, uh, very college professor chic, if you will, with the, uh, with the jacket and the turtleneck and the glasses. I, I think that's the best. I think that's the best she's ever looked. Cause as a, as a, as a gentleman, uh, I, I think, uh, who you, yeah, well, I mean, when, when she dresses up, she's had some, they've put her in some interesting clothing that I don't think quite suits her look. And I, I think this is her best look that I've ever seen her in, quite frankly. Not, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go too, too much into it, but this I'm is the best I've ever seen I'm hung up on the concept of you as a gentleman, sir. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a scholar and a gentleman. I'm a okay. man of letters. I read. <laughs> I like book. I like book. I've read 1984. <laughs> <laughs> what you're doing to me is extremely Orwellian, sir. Yeah. Uh, I, Billy Kay, you know I love me some Billy Kay. Oh, she's so. This, this is fun. I liked this. No, I yes. hated this. Yes. No. <laughs> mosh pishing. That was great. Now that was great. That was yes. great. But the ending of that match was dog crap. No, that was crap. But her on commentary was funny yes. as hell. It was Give fantastic, especially Corey calling her out. Because that's the best part of it. Is Corey, Corey wouldn't let that slide. So Billy Kay had to think on her feet, and she was fantastic at doing it. That She's part I really love. funny, man. She's yes. really funny. Like that. That's a skill. Like that's a. And she's quick witted. Like I, like I hate. Yes, I hate the finish of this match. Is stupid. Uh, but she's funny. I, I, I like funny Billy Kay. More of this. Yeah. Uh, Adam Pierce. I, I like. The character oh, overall. WWE official Adam Pierce. Adam official Pierce. what, you might ask? Just an official. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> His position is official. His position is to eventually hand it over to Sonya. That's his position, I think. Who, again, looks fantastic in a suit as well. I just like women to look good in She suits. needs to stop yes. corpsing during these things. Like, she doesn't yes. have to do with her face when, like, she's not saying anything and all she's supposed to do is look. Yeah, no, she has to get a mindset of everything being said in that room is stupid. And then she won't corpse. And she doesn't, and she should just tune out. She should just tune out, have this look of disdain, and go with it. Because otherwise she's going to corpse. I agree. My problem with the Adam Pierce story is that who is forcing Adam Pierce to do all this signing of the contract? None of it makes any sense. He's it's an so official. weird. If He's Vince an official. There, if Vince were there and saying, well, because you were in the match and because, you know, 
of obligations, I'm going to force you to hold you to your word. There just need to be that little bit of it because it makes no sense. He's effectively a matchmaker and a manager. And then there was like yes. the weird quote unquote official loophole, but it it doesn't make any sense that Roman has this ability to flex on Adam Pierce. And it's just, it's contrary to every sense of authority structure we've ever had on raw in the last 15 years, there's either the McMahons, and in which case their word is God, or there is like a general manager type character, like a Johnny Ace or a Vicky Guerrero or a more neutral one, like a Shane McMahon or Adam Pierce. But in that case, that person is deputized by the company with matchmaking authority. They're an NPC. They don't wrestle, but they have the ability to make matches and break matches and do what they think is in the general best interest of the company, unless the company advises them they want a specific pairing and in which case they execute it. Like, that's... They never spell that to you out loud, but those are the rules that one would glean by watching this television week to week from any year that starts with two on WWE television. Yeah, and Kevin Owens is coming back to fall off of something at Royal Rumble. (laughs) That's what's going to happen. He's going to fall off of something, go through something, be down for 10. That You know, I love Kevin Owens. I think Kevin Owens should be one of the biggest stars in professional wrestling if he's not already, but I think he should be a legendary top of the card. I know that I know I brought up the dusty Rhodes comparison at one time, but to Vince, he's a guy on the heavy side who can fall from, 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 from high spaces and take the damage. I just, unless he's going to win the title, and I just don't see that going into WrestleMania. I don't see Kevin Owens winning this title, unless he's going to win it, or unless he's going to lose it at Elimination Chamber. I could see a one-month Kevin Owens title run here. I was kind of bothered by the idea that Pierce didn't give the title shot back to Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, that too. I mean, it it doesn't make any sense. No, I, I, I don't need more... I don't need more Kevin Owens. Like I wasn't jonesing to revisit this pairing. I like Kevin Owens. It's just like that. They, they ran this one into the ground for me. Uh, and the narrative dictates are essentially that Nakamura is the one who's aggrieved here. And he should be the one getting a title shot. Not Adam Pierce hooking up his buddy, Kevin Owens. Cause like, that's the whole auspice is there is that Owens knew Pierce back in the day. And this is Pierce kind of finally making right that situation from like six or eight weeks ago. Yeah. And I think they dropped the uh, Nakamura thing after, after this week. I do. I think they just move on to whatever Cesaro and Nakamura are going to do. And they just forget about him getting screwed in the number one title or contenders match, which, you know, it's like, okay, then why did, why did you go through all that to do that just for the Uso match? Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. I just don't get it. Any, any other thoughts from the main roster? Um, yeah, I, I didn't, uh, the actual skit that Bailey was in did nothing for me. No. Uh, um, Ray Mysterio and Dominic and- Mysterio. I, <laughs> Dominic is too old now or appears too old now for you to have him playing as a kid. He, he, yes. he is a grown ass man and he looks like a grown ass man, a, a young a- <laughs> man but he does not look like a kid anymore. Yeah, before I comment on that, one quick thing. If you haven't seen the uh, the, the Stone Cold podcast with Bailey on the network, it's it, she's so great. 
She's so great in that. She's so honest and and forthcoming. It, it, she's really I, I love her and I love her success. That that's she does. I mean, she's such a sweetheart and and she's great in that. All right, Dominic Mysterio or Dominic Guerrero, depending on who you believe the parentage is. He has. You will appreciate this reference. Some Brian Adias like charisma on that kid, and he's not a kid. You're right. He's a man. I just, I, we need promo school. We need more promos. It's just frustrating watching him. It, 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 he's, they had him talk off the cuff and he's, it's just, you could see what he was supposed to say and you could see him getting flustered and it's, and it was just the, the Mysterio school of acting. And I thought they were setting him up for a heel turn as well. What do you think? I do think that they're setting him up for a heel turn. Uh, I, I, at least I hope so. When they ask him about the tag team, he goes, yeah, it'd be nice to win some uh, tag team titles with my dad, but I got other plans as well. I go, he's turning on the old man. And I'm here for that. Cause it's number one, you can't do it in front of a crowd because nobody would buy it. Uh, but okay, sure. You know, have it. (laughs) Now the question is, does he join like Baron Corbin <laughs> or does he go with Seth again? When, when Seth decides to mosey on back <laughs> again, I, yeah, I was I, I'm uh, equally dumbfounded as to what Mysterio's plan is for next week. Uh, I I'm hoping fingers crossed that buddy Murphy gets tapped. Where's buddy. Where is Mr. Murphy and Aaliyah? That's what I want to know. Where, <laughs> what, what kind of, Terrible things <laughs> as Murphy. <laughs> it's like, has anybody cared about Ray Mysterio's daughter? Where is she? What's happened to her? Why is she hanging out with this guy in his 30s? Why? I like, I wish that we had more. Hold of on. Did the- they drink? Did they drink hemlock from an apothecary? <laughs> and the war is over between their families now? I want peace? more. I want the Mysterio stuff to be a segment. Like if I was booking this show, it would be, you know, in, in like the B block or the C block of the show every week. So, you know, be buried in the middle. But we would have a Ray Mysterio cheesy telenovela skit slash angle pre- like preluding to whatever match in-ring thing they're doing at this point like you know I loved Ray growing up he's you know I loved Ray growing up but I'm not a kid anymore either so whatever we're building up to with Dominic here uh it's fun in this stupid way but it's bad when they try to make it real serious oh they're gonna do a Jerry Springer type thing on one of these dopey talk shows or they'll bring someone in to do a talk show with them They'll be fighting. They'll always do it on a talk show. And there might be a signing uh, thing, you know, where they have a contract signing. Who else can we define down? with? Let's give it to Becky Lynch. We'll call it the man show. And she'll come back in. Oh, my God. I'm awarding five points for that one. Yes. (laughs) Nicely done, sir. Five points awarded. Oh, yeah. I just, I, I, Okay. Uh, some quick AEW thoughts. Thought it was another solid show. The wrestling was quite good. Uh, I'm kind of here for the dumb comedy of Chucky e. T being Miro's young boy and screwing up the wedding. I, I think that's what's going to happen. And I'm look, th- this is a tale as old as Jimmy Garvin and precious, or was it Jimmy Garvin and sunshine at the time having to go work on the Von Eric's ranch. I am here for that. I'm here for 
Dusty having baby doll for 30 days and baby doll riding off on a horse. I am here for these type of dopey situations where heels get one-upped by baby faces or vice versa. I am cool with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I just... I'm not into the Miro Kip Sabian thing that they're doing. Yeah, I'm um, not. I, I'm not overall either. But I, but I'm not like I'm not like this is this is uh, not pure to the wrestling art form or whatever like that. No, no, nothing like that. Thought Serena Deeb and Tay Conti had a pretty good little match. Really, an indictment of the PC as to how much Tay Conti has improved, and that Serena Deeb was like go as a trainer. She is. She has become a nice ring general, I think. And and even though it's it's a secondary women's title on a show that doesn't need one, I think Serena Deeb has been a fine addition to this AEW program. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think Serena Deeb is really good. Uh, and I thought that Tay Connie looked great here. I've always been a believer in her. And I thought that WWE just missed a really great opportunity here with a really talented person. And, uh, I'm excited to watch her grow into her own uh, and just kind of keep developing. Needs a little work on the acting, just a little bit, and and holding on to, like, when she's selling character, because I know she dropped it a few times in the match, but this was one of her better matches, I thought, and I, I agree with you on that one. And yet again, the debut on the actual television show of Britt Baker's talk show, The Good Re- Rebel slash Reba is a fantastic flunky. There are some fantastic flunkies on Wednesday night between her, Indy Hartwell, and Austin Theory. But she is, I think she's head and shoulders above them. I don't care for talk shows. I want promos. I don't want comedy skits. There, there's The comedy was good on Wednesday. Don't get me wrong, because AEW had two other segments with comedy that were quite good, I thought. Uh, but... Uh, any other outstanding thoughts from AEW from you that you want to get into? Uh, I continue to enjoy uh, Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. as a uh, young up-and-coming tag team. That was a nice, and Lanza and I both had the same thinking on this. That was a 1986-87 six-man tag between the Horsemen and a couple of guys on the come and a guy who's going to take the fall. You know, it's that, uh, yep. like, the Andersons and Tully versus... Uh, Sam Houston, Pez Watley, and the Italian Stallion. And the Italian Stallion's going to be the one to get beat. And I thought the, uh, uh, what was the third guy's name? Oh, uh, Limelight. Lynch, that's not yeah, yeah, Limelight. yeah, which tough name to he be was, pins, but yeah. Uh, new, formerly of the New Japan Dojo out here in L.A., I believe. Uh, I thought that was a fantastic debut for him. Even though he got beat, and you know, I don't like seeing guys lose in their debuts. No, but like th- was that was a good. fun match, man. Yeah, no, I, yes. I, I just I liked the good vintage vibes off of that, man. Like that, that was fun. Um, I and I thought the I Jurassic like Express FTR match was a little was was quite fun too for what it was. Yeah, I agree. I agree. No, no big uh, surprises here. You know, like like it wasn't like a a shocking show, but like well worked matches uh, are nice. I it, I guess for me it's like Omega. I'm already bored with Omega on a certain level. Um, I like I like Don Callis, but like I'm not super into the Good Brothers, uh, Young Bucks, Omega angle. Like it just it's not it's not to me the best usage of the top of the card. And it's not best usage of Omega either. I don't think I think. I think there's a slight issue, and I read this criticism this week, and I sort of agree with it, that 
we need to build up Kenny a little bit more as a character before giving him the title versus building up the character after the title, because now we're kind of chasing, for lack of a better term, heft with him. And I don't know if this is necessarily doing it, but I love the callous combination still. Uh, This just didn't need to happen at the top of the card. I I guess that's my bigger objection is, is that like, Whatever they're trying to do with Kenny Omega could have been done lower in the card, like with him as the like TNT champion, for example, um, and open and keep the top of the card for something that's maybe bigger. I love Team Taz as a stable. I think it's great. You have the two muscle-bound guys, the young guy and and the older veteran. You have a guy who's absolutely nothing like them in kind of the... Uh, <laughs> in the dandy Ricky Starks and you have the young guy hook who's just kind of learning, but he's going to take his bumps and kind of be the flunky of the crew. And Taz is such a great mouthpiece. I I love, I love this mid card stable. I do too. I think Starks is really fun in this stable. Yes. Yeah. I I I really enjoy Starks. I love that. He won't wear orange because it clashes with his skin. That is the best. It's so good with his character. Yeah, AEW another fun watch. Um, but yeah, it's kind of they're they're just kind of moving pieces right now. It, it felt like a lot of the the angles didn't necessarily they didn't make huge steps. They all kind of made half steps, and I'm fine with that in terms of story building. Yeah, so that they, that we're week. gonna be best friends with Adam Pierce and the Dark Order stuff is kind of that was actually Adam, kind of the Adam most Page. substantial. Adam, Adam Page. Page, although I, I would like to see Adam Pierce in the Dark Order now. That uh, that would actually be very funny. I, I know, I know you. <laughs> what am guys, I doing here? I know you guys want me to join Dark Order. I know, I know that's what you're trying to get me to do right now. <laughs> yes, over enunciate Dark Order. Dark Order. And whatever catchphrase we've come up for the Dark Order, <laughs> right after it, because you always have, he, his gimmick is he goes to AEW and he speaks in WWE speak. Where, where it's like name, catchphrase, marketing slogan. Uh, NXT UK again. Oh, this Ginny Joseph Connor thing is real. I am so disappointed. Uh, it, it is real awkward. Uh, it is just awkward to see Joseph Connors next to Ginny, <laughs> like like an ugly version of Reginald on SmackDown. I got mad at this because she goes, you know, you're probably wondering why Joseph Connor is here. Well, I have a lot of money and I would, I would, you couldn't buy something better than Joseph Connor. You could have had both bootleg Kofi and whoop guy for as much as Joseph Connor's probably costing you. You could have had Saxon Huxley for as much. You could have had anybody for as much as Joseph frigging Connor. Now that being said, Kaylee Ray and Jenny. All over that, my friend. Oh, it's going to be really fun. I'm into that. I really am. They Uh, did the continuity with with her saying, I helped you keep that title, and her still being a heel going, ha, you didn't help me. Oh, yeah, she did. I I love both these women, so I'm here for it. I enjoyed a lot of this show. Like, I I like the Ed Harvey Shea Samuels thing. Um, Wait, hold on. Hold. That was for, I, was that earned? Because I don't, I I know it was just for the UK audience, not for people like me who had had forgotten he had like a 2008 Chikara run in the states. As she as is it Shaw Samuels or Shea Samuels? Maybe it was Shaw Samuels. Shaw well, Samuels. Well, 
Well, just mid, unless he's doing a multiple personalities gimmick, which can be death, going out mid-match and cutting a promo that I'm going against the, the company's rebranding of me. You all know who I am. I, I, I both love it and hate it, Chris, because it's a little too on the nose for me of what they do in story. But it's also for only, you know, the 200 people in England who are watching this as opposed to, you know, but I just don't know. Maybe you're okay. Tell me why you like this so much. I think that it moves this guy immediately into the Sam Gradwell kind of tier that NXT UK has developed out. And that's like a credible tier that they've kind of made. Um, And so it allowed Samuels to have a justifiably competitive match with Joe Coffey. Whereas if he was Scrubzo Magoo, it wouldn't have made any sense for him to have that match against Joe Coffey. Scrubzo Magoo. Scrubzo Magoo. <laughs> yeah, Scrubzo Magoo. Uh, <laughs> now, somebody in the company is going to take that now. You know that. And they're just going to troll us. <laughs> here's here's Leon Ruff versus Scrubzo Magoo. Scrubzo Magoo. His finishing moves the His, Scrub Buster. The, oh, I was going to go with the Magooinator or something like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want that now. Please drop that Easter egg just for this show. Scrubs o Magoo. I love I liked the hunt promo with the exception of <laughs> most people say they're what is it that they live in chaos? Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Oh, yeah. Not another yeah. group here to <laughs> cause <more> chaos. chaos. <laughs> ah, there's 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 the people who want to take over and the people who want to cause chaos and neither actually do it. And, and, and they uh. don't even ever get close. Like, like this company's really bad at both takeover angles and chaos angles. Yes. I, look, I want to see the wild boar bite off Mark Andrews's face. That's, you know, you want to cause chaos, make that special effect happen. I mean, we had, we had. The hunt should be Karush. targeting people well, in various episodes. Yeah, well, they should just be, they should be, like, just killing one one half of a tag team somewhere. Yeah, like backstage and I, and I, and or I, someone's out there for a singles I don't mean match like and the hunt shows up. I, I don't mean, I don't mean like they did it for, you know, oh, who jumped Mark Andrews backstage type of thing. I mean, I want blood. I want, I want him to almost have been cannibalized by the hunt. That's how vicious I want these guys to be. Not just, oh, I hit him with a chair backstage. Who could have ever done such a... No, I want a face ripped off. I want some Hannibal Lecter stuff being done. I liked the promo, though. I liked the mood of it. I liked it being in front of a cage. I liked Eddie Dennis. I think Eddie Dennis is a great spokesman. I think so, too. He has... Look, we've been tough on the Dwagon, but he has a lot to (laughs) offer as a spokesman. (laughs) Into the Dwagon. Into the uh, wagon. Yeah. And the main event. I'm, okay, well, hold on. Tyler Bain, Sam uh, Gradwell was fun. It was fun, but man, that's the return you give Tyler Bate in the middle of the show, not the main event, and then do Walter another week. I mean, I, I love both shows, but yeah, I want Tyler Bate to come back with a strong win as opposed to a back and forth match and then winning. I, I, I liked it. I, I just think. Again, I put Tyler Bate on a much higher level than I think WWE does. 
Yeah, I think so too. I well, I also think uh, Yogi Swami Tyler Bate is not um, an upper card gimmick. So like, we might have to just get our brains around that one. It's like uh, Danica Patrick post retirement right now, where she's doing this spiritual journey and yoga on her on her Instagram and talking to. <laughs> You know, she it's one of those she has this vapid podcast where she talks to people who have been single-mindedly successful. And well, you just got to believe in yourself and do it without, you know, without, you know, all the all the luck that goes into it. No, it's just being focused and single-minded and if you fail it's your own fault, but you know, all that crap. Sorry. That's a it's a weird rant, but no, go with your point, please. Um Jack Stars and Ilya Dragunov is intriguing. I like Jack Stars. He's going to have a competitive match here, and he's going to lose to Ilya, but I think he's going to show Ilya something, and he's going to show us something, and I like that. I think this beat's fun. Main event, A-Kid versus Walter. Again, really strong match, I thought. My problem is you're beating the secondary title holder this quickly after winning yeah. that Heritage Cup. I, I That I don't like. Me no likey. Yeah, other than that, I mean, another great Walter title defense. I, he goes through these wars, and they're super competitive. <laughs> I liked the the narrative of this match, A-Kid targeting a limb. Um, I, I continue to see a lot of things with A-Kid that I like. He might have a little bit of the Rey Mysterio school of acting in him when it comes to promos and everything. Yes. But, um, yeah, but I, I otherwise think that the guy's great. Come on, guys. How do you how, how how can you be this good looking and not have charisma? Uh, just, like, <laughs> just an energy void. Like like uh, uh, do you guys go to bars? Smile, <laughs> right? I like surely you would. Uh, I guess maybe you don't have to try that hard when you're you know spitting game when you look like that. But like I would assume that sentences have to come out at various points. No, no, you know <laughs> it's like you actually have to try, or do you just go, hey, look at me, and you just go home with you? I guess. Hello, <laughs> hola. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Okay. Boom. Out. That's it. That's why they never developed. I any love promo you, sir. Skills. Let's go back to your hotel room. Let's make an arrangement for a 24 hour relationship and then go our separate ways. Let's shake on the deal. Okay. You know what? I'll pay you. <laughs> I'll pay you. Hey. While you're at it, can you look at my air conditioning? Uh, <laughs> and now, the joy of the week a show. That, shockingly enough, despite some of its flaws, brought me such great joy. NXT on Wednesday. Ever Rise and the Grizzled Young Veterans. Oh, how this made me happy. Oh, how I love Ever Rise. Oh, how babyface fire Matt Bartell made me lose my ever-loving S. I howled after all the smack talk. Baby face fire, Matt Martell coming out there. Sm- <laughs> I I also just love the spot where he smacks smacks the guy in the in the in the back of his head and just walks away. I love flaky heels versus angry heels, and this match was everything I could have hoped for. I this was this so match. fun. Zach Gibson. This was a seventy-four star match. I you know. No, oh it- sure, Meltzer has five stars. This had 74 stars. Zach Gibson comes out, immediately sets the dynamic with his promo. 
And, and this it. is the thing. This is the thing that he does as good as anyone in the business right now. It's it's at, at an elite level overall. He is so good at hey Zach. This is the dynamic of the match. Walk down to the ring, cut the promo, and make sure that we're framed up for what we're trying to do in this match here. And he does it perfectly, um, and, and lets us know that Ever Rise are. You know, there are underdogs uh, because he's saying these guys have absolutely no chance in hell. And then when Ever-Rise gets in there, like, Ever-Rise rules. Like, you're kind of like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are Ever-Rise such idiots, does rules. You're damn right I'm rooting for you guys, you effing idiots. You go in it, there. <laughs> you go have your match. You go, yeah, come on, Rudy did it. Rudy you know, got into the game. You get into the game here, Ever Rise, and they just—they are just—and and they're really good idiots. in that role too. Like, and so yes. to, to your point earlier, like these guys, like kind of as a contrast to A Kid, these guys do not have the uh, the A Kid good looks, you know. Uh, the, but they they actually How dare have you, sir. They have the charisma that you need, like like the charisma where. It, I can see their faces and maybe half understand or a third understand what they're actually saying because you're not supposed to catch it on mic, but you get enough of an impression of the actual narrative that's being told inside the ring by their faces, facializa- facializations, and body posture and stuff. Like they, They've got the charisma, man. Everest is For fun. the love of God, give, give them Malcolm Bivens, please. Please? We, we've seen them on the Twitter account doing stuff together and they're wonderful. Let let's get over ourselves, give ever to this great manager and get him on TV a lot more. I love Kurt stallion. Don't get me wrong, but Malcolm Bivens belongs with ever and write NXT tweet at them, write your Congressman call up triple H at the performance center. Don't go live. Cause they'll think you're a stalker and get Malcolm Bivens with Everice, for the love of God. MSK, the former Rascals debut in a fantastic showing for them, I thought. Also, you know, I don't think they should be losing right now because they've never had any credibility. But I liked that Jake Atlas and Swerve did not bicker. I thought they were a fantastic team together, too. I enjoyed the hell out of this match. Yeah, I enjoyed this. I thought they were bickering in the back later on. They did. They did that, but but during the match and, yes. and during the course of it, it was still babyface and flaky heel, flaky cocky heel, putting a, hey, this is a business. We're going to go down here and win this. We're going to be, okay, great, great, great. And then afterwards, they get in the back and all hell breaks. I okay, was, okay. Look, Chris, compared to how they book these types of things, where it's like, where it's like 70%. somebody accidentally Take hits that 70%. somebody. Yeah, no, I feel or, yeah. or somebody hits a move or somebody runs out on somebody. And they were actually focused on trying to win the tournament, and then they blow up backstage. This this is subtle storytelling for them. I dug it. Yeah, no, no, I'm with you. Hey, you sold me. You sold me on this. Uh, Johnny Gargano in the Gargano way. I'm here for it all. I'm here for every bit of this flaky dummy. I I, <laughs> I got you. I, hey, I got you the document. <laughs> Uh, Gargano is such a great flake, and I hate seeing him in this role because he should be—he should be the biggest babyface in the company right now. Although I do love Finn Balor, Born Again Hardcore. I dig that, but Gargano and Candice, and even to a lesser extent, Indy and Austin, 
This entire stable works for me, Chris. It really does. Like I, I, I have the, I understand and have the conflicted feelings about these talented people kind of all in a staple. Um, but then the actual stable is a lot of fun and it is something different and it's being executed well. And, you know, wrestling's about staying fresh. So maybe this is a good thing. They can always go back to the what's more their home field at whatever point they want to. You know, if they want to make Johnny a baby face again at some point, they can. Brizongo looked motivated this week. I thought this was one of their better showings since going back down. It helps that you have the Undisputed Era there. Now, I am wondering, I know what I'd like to see with the Undisputed Era. I don't think I'm going to get it because I think they're teasing kind of a 19 or I, what I'd like to see anyways, is I'd like to see kind of the 89 horseman uh, angle with sting and the horseman where sting is part of the horseman for a very short time. And then the rest of the group goes, no, you're out because you wanted to challenge flair. I think they're kind of doing that with Kyle O'Reilly and, and Finn Balor a bit. I could see Finn Balor joining the undisputed era and then all turning on Kyle, but I don't think they're going that way. Where do you think they're going with this? Chris? I'm wondering if Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor end up in the Dusty Classic through shenanigans. And then we have oh, Adam- like a team can a, a team can no longer perform so we need a fill in and it ends up being against the undisputed era. Yeah, eventually. Cuz they're on one side that of the bracket so- and the, they're on the other side of the bracket. That would be something. Okay. No, you're you sold me on that. I'll I'll take that. I I think See, I really think the Grizzled Young Veterans should win this match. But I understand you can't because of who the tag champs are, and there's a tag title shot on the line with uh, one and two. Right, right, so right. You, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But but there you go. There's the story: is you have these two teams who both want to fight one and two. They're both on the same side. They're all friends except Finn. But you know, it's okay. So undisputed era taking on Finn and Kyle O'Reilly in the finals of the Dusty Classic. Now, do they shake afterwards, or do the losers, who I assume will be the Undisputed Era, then turn on the other two? Hmm. I don't know. May I guess? I guess maybe they finally. I, I, I guess in that angle, maybe they all have to kind of unite at the end of it, because like they they've been really building the respect for Finn Balor angle thing over the last year and a year and change now, with like you know Adam Cole initially having the match with Finn Balor. Like if you if you run the clock that far back it's really all about it's all been about building respect between Balor and the undisputed era and Balor kind of like being like the unofficial member of the UE yeah it's gonna be this is an inter they've uh you know I love this new kind of born again hardcore Finn Balor no he's great I, in I think this, this is some, yeah this is some great stuff they've stayed away from the demons stuff which I think is good and I think was necessary they can bring it back eventually just uh, I'm in no wait. rush. I'm in no hurry whatsoever. I think he's cutting pretty good promos as well, which is new for him uh, since New Japan, at least. But yeah, I like this. It's a little stone cold Finn Balor for me, but I, I like it overall. Uh, I don't want to see. I don't want to see Dusty Classic matches on 205. I don't. But uh, that's the only other thing I had. Anything else from uh, NXT that you uh, you wanted to touch upon? Um, Xylee and Handsome Match, like, good? Oh, Done well? Yes! Perfect! Two shots! Strike, kick. 
One, two, three. Do that. Now, now the aftermatch, going back in there, maybe a little much because there wasn't as much kicking and punching. No, I, yes. I, especially when we get the Emperor Palpatine yeah, hand the, gesturing the, 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 and stuff. Yeah, that was Finish silly. him. Yeah, yes. no, okay. But again, 70%. 70%. We have to take we have to take the sports entertainment theatrics with the good. This was this was how we wanted Zaylee to be, though. Uh, you know, a striker, a killer, go in there, destroy some fool. One, two, three, no big deal. They're they're doing a good job with that part of it. I think. Yeah, I I agree on that. Um, and I think you know at the end, she, uh, her presentation is just better. Uh, she she looks good. She looks tougher. Um, she's credible. Uh, it's weird timing in the sense that they're trying to push Raquel Gonzalez and you would hope with a repackage of Zia Lee like this, that it would end with her winning the championship. But you know, other than that, Oh, she's not winning the title, but they are going to build her up to be a credible threat. And while you're doing that, you can have this. What did you think of Raquel's promo? Uh, good. Not great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Good. Not not great. great, but, but. Better than we've seen. Yeah. I mean, she's she's a lot more compelling now, I think. I, I don't know if they've officially broken her away from Dakota, which I think would be a shame, because I, I love that duo. But now that, I mean, can can they do it in a way... See, I don't want them to do the split type of gimmick. I'd like to see a way where Dakota is seconding Raquel without overshadowing her, and also without Raquel abusing the other. I'd like to see them actually be a type of partnership in a way. Okay, but it's your turn to go for the title type of thing versus what they usually do. So I, I'm interested to see because usually their their plan for singles people is to break them off from whatever partnerships they've had type of thing so that so that they're, they look like stars versus a package deal. Yeah, no, I, I think that's basically correct. Um, I, I, and I just have doubts about Raquel being able to really handle long form single matches at this point. I think that they've been doing a really nice job giving her air cover while she can grow. Yeah, I would agree there. Uh, although Io Shirai isn't, <laughs> if you're going to do a long form match with someone, Io Shirai is probably the person to carry you to a great match. I, 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 mean, I get is... that. But, but like, I, I just think if they're going to give the belt to her event to Raquel, she needs to be able to do carrying herself. Yeah, I I don't know if she's ready for the belt. That's the thing. Because that's the other, that's the other problem then too. She you know, a character like that can't be climbing up and down the ladder too many times, you know what I mean? When they climb, they need to get to the top. No, I agree there, but I just that's the weird thing is you look up and down this roster and the people you thought were going to take the title off of EO are either on their way out or They've turned them heel because you thought they were going to give it to another baby face at the time. Like, I thought Ember Moon, there was a chance. Uh, Candice LeRae might have been the person at the time if Rhea Ripley wasn't going to get the title back, but they turned her heel. I don't think Shotzi's ready, and I don't think she's the type who can carry the women's singles title. Because I think she's... I think she'd um, be a better fit than Raquel. Okay, so here's the question. So, okay, we agree on that then. All right. I was going to yeah, use that I, as a debate well, right point, now, but if we agree, you know, no, I think Shotzi's well, a stronger carry. Well, right well, right now she's a stronger carry because she's a stronger character. Not necessarily stronger in-ring, but, you know, Shotzi, 
you know, Shotzi's not as bad as sometimes I make her out to be. I mean, I'm, I'm hard on her because of that one match I saw live with her, but she, she can have great matches with great people. So yeah, I think Shotzi might be, she might be ready for it. I, I just, yeah, I, it's, it's a very weird time in the NXT women's division because there's all this talent, you know, I could see Tony Storm taking the title off of you, but I don't know then what you do with Raquel. You know, yeah. do you have Raquel go after Tony? Because that'd be kind of interesting. But at the same time, you know, they don't like doing that straight up heel heel stuff usually. But you know, it's well, certainly not as a first title defense either. So yeah, right. I, 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 yeah. right. No, I think you're right. I think if they're gonna if they're gonna push Raquel, they need to push her to the moon. Yeah, I, I, I sort of don't. I don't see it. a reason to have Raquel face Io. Unless she's winning the title. I agree. And then you move EO up, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because she deserves to make that main roster money. Uh, anything else from NXT? I don't think so. Then I will end it there. Thank you to my bookie for sponsoring us. Use code ROPES. Get, up, get half your deposit in free play. I've done it. I've lost my free play <laughs> and my money, but I've done it. And it's fun. Uh, you know, don't gamble what you can't, uh, what you can't lose. It's just for fun, kids. And, uh, they have all sorts of prop bets. I think they have, for our purposes, the uh, will Trump go quietly <laughs> With a, in terms of not being forced. Oh, for, okay. For our, yeah, our I was going to say, yeah. wait, wait, I need real definition as to what quietly <laughs> means in that sentence. Uh, again, uh, would appreciate if you listened to my Between the Sheets from January of night from a week in January of 1986. I had a lot of fun talking 80s territory wrestling. And also listen to Andrew's show again, Music of the Mat, number 100, talking about the themes of Sting. You can follow me at CrapGame13. You can follow Chris at DWATG. You can follow just the show and general episodes dropping at Shake Them Ropes, all one word. Chris, tell us about Don't Worry About the Government. Yeah, Don't Worry About the Government. We'll have a new episode out here probably in the next day or two. I just need to sit and monologue. I did three, like, in a week uh, last week here because uh, of the news on the Capitol. Um, so go and check those out. They're on don'tworry.tv. You can subscribe uh, on iTunes, on Stitcher, and uh, go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash DWATG. By the way, we still have a Patreon for Shake Them Ropes. Uh, which is patreon.com slash shake them ropes. I want to get more content out there. So um, if you want us to do a watch along or want me to do a watch along, if you want more high wattage, uh, I, I never heard anyone say that ever in the entire run of that show, which is sporadic. And, you know, there might be another episode this year at some point. There probably will be. Uh, give but, us suggestions. Okay. Yeah, give us suggestions. No, uh, yeah, give us suggestions of what you want, what you would be willing to pay $1 a month for on the Patreon. 